All right. It's good to see you today. Welcome to our Journey Through Scripture, our Tuesday edition. I do apologize. This uh, this is actually the second time I'm recording this. Uh, it was supposed to come out on Thursday. And, um, you know, you have to make sure all the, the hidden things are unmuted. And uh, one of the... <laughs> <laughs> things that needed to be unmuted uh, was not. And uh, so we had the full recording and then uploaded it and realized there was no sound. Um, not real helpful unless you're really good at reading lips. Um, but we decided for those of you who may not have that skill, uh, we would re-record. And so now this is uh, our, our Tuesday edition, um, a little bit late. Um, but uh, I, I apologize for that. And you may be able to hear some rain, which I do not apologize uh, for that. Um, we are definitely blessed to, to have the rain whenever I'm recording this for the second time. All right. So we are going to be in Jeremiah chapters 39 through 44 today. Jeremiah 39 through 44. Uh, and there's a little bit in Second Kings 25, um, but uh, mainly Jeremiah 39 through 44. Okay. So we've uh, just um, finished Lamentations, um, which was the Jeremiah l lamenting um, that the destruction of Jerusalem. Remember, we've already had the exile. People have already been taken, um, and then it, they could have lived peacefully. Uh, God told them to try to live peacefully with the Babylonians, um, but they refused and rebelled. And so King Nebuchadnezzar has come, and now he has destroyed the temple, destroyed Jerusalem. Um, and so now we're in the aftermath of that. And what happened is uh, no longer did they have a king. You know, you had Zedekiah, who was kind of the king that Nebuchadnezzar allowed to be there. Um, well, now it's more of a governor. And um, so there's a governor named uh, Gedaliah, um, and he is made governor over uh, uh, Judah. And you, you can read a little bit in uh Second Kings 25 uh, verses 22 to, through 26 mention him as the, the governor. Uh, so does Jeremiah 39 through 44. So that's what we're going to focus on uh, today. So uh, Nebuchadnezzar gave the charge concerning Jeremiah. Uh, okay, so um, sorry about that. Uh, Gedaliah becomes governor. Um, Jeremiah in, enters the picture and he's going to become a, uh, you know, kind of a uh, confidant, uh, if you will, uh, to Gedaliah. But Jeremiah has got caught up in all of this. So Jerusalem has fallen. Um, many of the people were being taken back to exile again. So, so a lot of the people were being taken back into captivity. Um, and so there was just going to be a few people left. Um, and Jeremiah actually gets caught up and they are taking Jeremiah back to, um, uh, Babylon. And he, uh, uh, says, uh, um, the king of Babylon gave charge concerning Jeremiah to, uh, Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard saying, take him and look after him and do him no harm, but do to him just as he says to you. Um, so basically, uh, Jeremiah, uh, is, is being treated well, uh, at the end of chapter 39, um, it says, um, this is the Lord speaking to Jeremiah says, uh, but I will deliver you in that day, says the Lord, and you shall not be given into the hand of the men whom you are afraid for I will surely deliver you and you shall not fall by the sword, but your life shall be as a prize to you because you have put your trust in me, says the Lord. So the Lord 
reiterates to Jeremiah, you're going to be okay. I'm going to take care of you. And uh, so they actually give, the captain of the guard gives Jeremiah uh, the the opportunity uh, to, to go wherever he, he wants to. Um, it says, uh, um, it, pretty interesting, uh, chapter 40, verse 2, the captain of the guard took Jeremiah and said to him, the Lord your God has pronounced this doom on this place. Now the Lord has brought it and has done just as he said, because you people have sinned against the Lord and not obeyed his voice. Isn't that interesting? The captain of the guard of Babylon uh, had listened to Jeremiah apparently before and knew what he had said. Um, therefore, this thing has come upon you. And now, look, I free you this day from the chains that were on your hand. If it seems good to you to come with me to Babylon, come and I will look after you. But if it seems wrong uh, for you to come to Babylon, remain here. See, all the land is before you wherever it seems good and convenient for you to go, go there. So um, Jeremiah decides to stay with the people. He does not go to Babylon. So he goes back uh, to uh, Jerusalem, but but Jerusalem has been destroyed. So now there's a gathering at Mitzvah. Um, and in that area is where uh, Gedaliah um, is uh, gathering and beginning his administration as uh, governor. Um, and so Gedaliah um, listens to Jeremiah and listens to the Lord. And he, he says this, he says, do not be afraid to serve the Chaldeans or the Babylonians. Dwell in the land, serve the king of Babylon, and it shall be well with you. As for me, I will indeed dwell in Mitzvah and serve the Chaldeans who come to us. Um, you know, so he's saying we're going to try to live in peace. Okay. Um, we're going to, we're not going to rebel. We are going to live in peace. This um, did did not go over well with everyone. Um, as specifically, there is a man named Ishmael um, who wanted to kill Gedaliah for this. He was kind of under contract from the king of the Ammonites. And uh, Gedaliah was warned by uh, Johanan, um, warned him. And uh, interesting, he says, let me go, please, and I will kill Ishmael, the son of uh, Nathaniah, and no one will know it. Why should he murder you so that all the Jews who are gathered to you would be scattered and the remnant to Ju in Judah perish? But Gedaliah um, said to uh, Johanan, uh, you shall not do this thing, for you speak falsely concerning Ishmael. It's interesting. So he, he makes a decision. He's, he's not going to be proactive, um, and uh, he does not believe that Ishmael is going to try to kill him. Get into chapter 41. Within the first few verses, Ishmael kills Gedaliah. Right, so so now you had this governor who was trying to keep the people there, which is what God wanted. They were going to have to ride out this punishment, but then God would uh, would restore them. That's been the promise the whole time. Uh, Gedaliah was going to stay, um, but now he is he is murdered. Um, and then if you continue to read in chapter forty one, uh, eventually the the guy Johanan um, he catches up with Ishmael and he kills Ishmael. Um, uh, well, actually, sorry, Ishmael actually escaped, um, from Johanan, um, and went to the Ammonites. And, uh, and so, uh, we, we see that, uh, you, you have a political situation starting to unfold here. So now you have Johanan who kind of is a default leader. So Gedaliah is gone. 
Um, but now they are very afraid of what Babylon may do. So verse 17 says, And they departed and dwelt in the habitation of uh, Chimham, which is near Bethlehem, as they went on their way to Egypt because of the Chaldeans, for they were afraid of them, because Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, uh, had murdered Gedaliah, um, whom the king of Babylon had made governor in the land. So they are afraid of what Nebuchadnezzar is going to do, uh, because not only had Ishmael murdered Gedaliah, he had also murdered some of the Babylonians who were, um, who were there with Gedaliah. Um, and so they immediately uh, start to head towards Egypt. Um, but they're in Bethlehem. And, uh, and so this is probably a pretty good group of people, um, you know, from the, that are, that had come from surrounding areas, had come to Mitzvah, um, as, as the Jewish people kind of to be the remnant. Um, but now they are fleeing again. So they've kind of already made up their mind to go to Egypt. However, they began, they realized, oh, well, maybe we should, uh, inquire of the Lord. So they asked Jeremiah. Verse 42, or chapter 42, says, uh, uh, this is to Jeremiah, Please let our petition be acceptable to you and pray for us to the Lord your God for all this remnant, since we are left but a few many, as you can now see, that the Lord your God may show us the way in which we should walk and the thing which we should do. And so Jeremiah said, of course, I'll do that, uh, but I'm going to tell you exactly what the Lord says. And so verse 5, they said to Jeremiah, let the Lord be true and faithful witness between us if we do not do according to everything which the Lord your God sends us by you, whether it is pleasing or displeasing, we will obey the voice of the Lord to whom we send to you, that it may be well with us when we obey the voice of the Lord our God. All right. So you get the get the picture. They are very pious. They are asking Jeremiah to inquire of the Lord and that they promise they will listen. So then Jeremiah comes back after 10 days, says, if you will still remain in this land, then I will build you and not pull you, uh, not pull you down. And I will plant you and not pluck you up for I relent concerning the disaster that I have brought upon you. Do not be afraid of the king of Babylon, of whom you are afraid. Do not be afraid of him, says the Lord, for I am with you to save you and deliver you from his hand, and I will show you mercy that he may have mercy on you and cause you to return to your own land. So what God says is you need to stay here um, and uh, don't be afraid of the Babylonians. Don't be afraid of the king. It's going to be okay. And then he goes on in the last part of chapter 42 to say, don't disobey me. Right. Says, if you do, then it will go bad for you. Right. And so then the response of the people to Jeremiah in response to God speaking through Jeremiah in chapter 43, um, verse uh, two says, you speak falsely (laughs) to Jeremiah. They're basically saying you're lying, Jeremiah. The Lord God has not sent you to say, do not go to Egypt to dwell there. Um but Baruch, the son of Neriah, has set you, uh, set you against us to li- deliver us into the hand of the Chaldeans, that they may put us to death or carry us away to captive ba- Babylon. So they went to the land of Egypt, for they did not obey the voice of the Lord, and they went as far as uh, Tapanis. Okay, so basically they listen, they hear, and they decide, you know what, that's not the answer we wanted. We'd already, they'd already made up their mind. And... It, they just wanted confirmation. And whenever they didn't get confirmation, they just said, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. 
I think this is pretty instructive. Um, we need to be careful because a lot of times we kind of make up our mind on the direction we need to go, and then we may seek God to confirm that direction. Um, and are we truly going to uh, to seek God's help? Maybe before we make up our mind, before we make up a decision, we should inquire of the Lord then. Uh, and ask for his wisdom as we make the decision. Don't make the decision and then ask God to confirm the decision for you. Um, but also, this just shows how uh, how ridiculous we are as humans. They, they have seen how Jeremiah has prophesied, and everything that he's prophesied has come true, um, the good, the bad, all of it. Um, they've seen the ramifications of not being faithful to God. They've literally seen the temple destroyed uh, in front of them, and they still will not listen and completely submit to God. They still want to uh, be the ones in charge of their own destiny, if you will. And so we uh, go to uh, it, uh, chapter 44, and uh, it talks about uh, punishment that they are going to receive uh, in Egypt. And God basically just starts wailing on them, uh, says, and kind of goes back and reminds them of how horrible they have been. Um, in uh, verse 7 of chapter 44, Now therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of hosts, the God of Israel, why do you commit this great evil against yourselves to cut off from you man and woman, child, infant out of Judah, leaving none to remain, in that you provoke me to wrath with these words of your hands, burning incense to other gods in the lands of Egypt? So they're already starting their old habits again, where you have gone to dwell, that you may cut yourselves off and be accursed and have a reproach among all the nations of the earth. Have you forgotten the wickedness of your fathers, the wickedness of the kings of Judah, the wickedness of your wives, your own wickedness, the wickedness of your wives, which they committed in the land of Judah in the streets of Jerusalem? They have not been humbled to this day, nor have they feared. They have not walked in my law or in my statutes that I set before you and your fathers. And uh, he just continues on, um, and uh, basically you get to verse 15. says, the, wife, uh, the men who knew that their wives had burned incense to other gods um, uh, and who now dwelt in the ha- uh, land of Egypt said, responded to Jeremiah, said, uh, verse 16, As for the word that you have spoken to us in the name of the Lord, we will not listen to you. But we will certainly do whatever has gone out of our own mouth to burn incense to the queen of heaven, to pour out drink offerings to her as we have done. We and our fathers, our kings and our princes in the cities and Judah and the streets of Jerusalem. For then we had plenty of food, were well off, saw no trouble. But since we stopped burning incense to the queen of heaven and pouring out drink offerings to her, we have lacked everything and have been consumed by the sword and famine. So... (laughs) Basically, the what the what they're saying is they can remember when times were okay. Now they were probably mis- remembering that falsely, uh, but they were they were things were okay. The uh, things hadn't started spiraling out of control, and when that was happening, they were worshiping the Queen of Heaven, which, by the way, is no connection to the one true God. Right? That's not His Queen. Uh, this is very ugly pagan stuff, and so. In their mind, all of a sudden, they're like, the reason things ha- bad happened to us is because we were we quit worshiping, we didn't worship the pagan god right, rather than 
remembering and and uh, trusting that the reason that things happened was because you started worshiping the the queen of heaven um and you know this is just a convenient excuse to do again what they want to do um rather than to recognize that it was their idolatry that led to the destruction of Jerusalem they think that it's because they quit practicing the idolatry um that that is what led uh, to the destruction so it is really sad. This is a group of people who have completely lost their way and are trying to find their own way out, and it's not going to work very well. Um, uh, continue on in uh, chapter 44. Uh, you get to verse 27. Behold, I will watch over them for adversity and not for good. So the Lord, he, he's not going to put up with this. Um and all of the men of Judah who are in the land of Egypt shall be consumed by sword and by famine until there is an end to them. Yet a small number who escape the sword shall return from the land of Egypt to the land of Judah. And all the remnant of Judah who have gone to the land of Egypt to dwell there shall know whose words will stand, mine or theirs. All right? So there's God's word. And what he says is these people are going to be punished. They're going to die by the sword and by famine. And then there's their word that says, no, because we're worshiping the queen of heaven now, everything's going to be fine. God's basically saying, let's find out. We'll find out. And there's going to be some of you that are going to to be able to have a chance to remember this. And he says, and this shall be a sign to you, says the Lord, that I will punish you in this place, that you may know my words will surely stand against you for adversity. So this is sad and frustrating. And God, again, is going to punish, and he's still going to give a remnant the chance to do what is right. Um. You know, sometimes we see God in the Old Testament as this mean God who just wants to punish and stuff like that. But you know what? He was so patient, so merciful, so kind, and the people continued to spit in his face and worship the queen of heaven, turn their back on him. And so, yeah, it led to punishment. And even in that, he continued to offer redemption and he continued to prepare the remnant uh, to start over again. All right. So we're going to stop there for the next next time. We're going to kind of be in quite a few different places in Ezekiel. Um, we'll hit Second Chronicles 36, the last of it. It kind of talks about the fall of Jerusalem. Now we're going to look at Ezekiel's perspective on this same time frame. So read Ezekiel chapter 12. Um, also, uh, Psalm 89. Um, it kind of is a, is a psalm during this time frame. So Ezekiel 12, and then uh, 19, Ezekiel 33, actually, yeah, th- 32 and 33, and then Ezekiel 25 through 28. So Ezekiel 25 through 28, Ezekiel 32 and 33, uh, Ezekiel 19 and 12, and Psalm 89. All right. We will see you on Thursday.